Welcome in. One and all, man, what a day. What a day. So you wake up some mornings and you go, you know, it's not a bad day. You know, the sun is shining. Leaves are turning. Kind of pretty outside. You know, a lot of leaves fell after yesterday's storm blew through, but that's okay. It looks like fall, right? So you wake up. And, you know, Paul Charchian this morning, he's texting me, and we're kind of going back and forth and, uh, you know, kind of giggling a little bit and talking about what's upcoming in the uh, the guillotine leagues and, you know, where my craptastic team sits. Even though I'm still alive, I can proudly say that. So we're going back and forth a little bit. Kristen's traveling, so she texted me. Didn't sleep well in a hotel room last night. Couldn't stand the pillows, and the bed was hard and the whole thing. Okay. And then you see the story. And you see the crawl as you're flipping through, and there's the NFL Network, and then ESPN's got this big, and I'm like, what? what is this all about? And then Ben texts me and says, did you see this? And then it drops, the Daniel Snyder story. Holy crap. Now, let me say this, and knowing what I know about the journalism side of things, uh, I did some work years and years and years and years ago as a reporter for a news outlet in Cincinnati. I did a couple of national things. Uh, I just I, I like doing talk more than I just like doing straight news. Um, but as a reporter and as an, a company, you have to be really sure, really sure, of what you're going to print because you always have the liability side of things to deal with in case it's not true, okay? And we've seen this. I mean, Doug Gottlieb just got busted for this, where he had embellished and made something up about uh, something. I, I don't remember specifics, but it was somewhat of a big deal. Um, and he was, and he's a talk show host. Kind of gave the uh, I know this to be true type of opinion. So you got to be sure of what you're printing specifically when you put it in print, okay? So for ESPN to write this story, even though Daniel Snyder's attorneys are ripping ESPN for putting this out there, ESPN and their reporters have to be unbelievably sure that they have this story, that their information is true, and or the even though the sources did not want to go on record, they have to have most likely recordings of these conversations. Most people who write usually do have recordings. They have a recorder of some type going. Um, I believe every word of this. I, and the reason I believe this Here's the reason why, is because I have seen the ugliness of the NFL in certain situations. And I've always told people, I said, look, I I love the game of football. I love the enjoyment we get out of it as a society. I love the enjoyment we get out of it as a community. I love all of that. I I love the sport. I love fall. I live for it. It's just footballs, that's inbred in us. It's, It's our state, okay? We can't wait for it. Um... 
But there is an ugly, ugly side of the business that is very much a turnoff. And I've always equated it to those who are, you know, vegans or vegetarians. They say, you know, hey, if you ever saw how the pigs or the cows were killed, you wouldn't want a hamburger or a ham sandwich. Um, and they're right. Most of us wouldn't. Most of us wouldn't. So sometimes you don't want to look behind the curtain. As a fan, you're like, eh, I'm, I'm good. I just, just let me enjoy the game. It's just my escape for three hours. I just, just leave me alone. And I understand that. I, we have talked about that. I completely appreciate that. But there is an ugliness to this business. And the most powerful thing I've always been told, always, going back from taking journalism in college to when my dad was bringing me up. My dad always said, and then it was brought up to me again when I was taking journalism and, and working in business, the most powerful thing in the world is not money. It is information. Information leads to money. Information leads to everything. It can lead to freedom. It can lead to protection. It can lead to money. It can lead to power in many different ways. And Daniel Snyder knows that. And that's the reason. He has not, and we've all wondered out loud, why is this scumbag still an owner? Why is he still in the NFL? And we all know because if he gets ousted, the floodgates could open. And it really appears like a lot of owners are beholden to him because he knows where the bodies are buried. You know? That's why politics are so dirty. You know, you get people that are not upstanding you know moral people and even the littlest thing can be taken and blown up and if you find out about that information suddenly you've got power over that person you know so this whole story this whole thing this you know it's kind of like uh you know to, to borrow the to uh comment get your popcorn ready because this is this has got to come to a head because remember it just quieted down i said it just it's really weird I thought for sure that Daniel Snyder would be tracked down by the government. I thought for sure he, they'd yank his ass on Capitol Hill. I thought for sure that there would be outrage in the NFL community, that the owners would be voting, this guy would be out. That they, all, And all, it just, shh, 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 got quiet. And you're like, what the hell? Why? Why did it get quiet? Now you know why. Now you know why. Give I give credit to ESPN, man. I give credit to ESPN. Um, fantastic story. Don Venata, um I, I tell you what, Seth Wickersham, very, very good. Tisha Thompson, I don't know her as well, but Don Venata and uh, Seth Wickersham, both guys, fantastic. Really, really good writers. They know their stuff, man. This is awesome. Ben, when you read this this morning... Was this the, um, I almost picture you sitting there rubbing your eyes and then going, wow, and this is awesome. Now, I heard part of your discussion with Evo and them, and everybody's trying to figure out how old Daniel Snyder's wife, Tanya, is. But uh, we, were you guys just salivating, and we're just all now waiting. We, we either need it in a 30 for 30, or we need it in some kind of a, a Netflix docuseries or something. But it, eventually the truth has to come out, right? Oh, yeah. And he's saying he has dirt on all the other owners. The big question this morning is, what dirt does he find on the Packers owners, all of them across the state? Is he oh, outside right. your house? 
trying to find something on you? Is he going after Grant Bills? That's my biggest question with this thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and to, to my answer to that is I have got, you know, it's not like do you have a skeleton in your closet? I, mine's just full of bones, uh, and I don't even care anymore. You know, my, my closet's like, you know, people all the time say, you've got an opinion, you've got a name, this and that. Do you, you maybe run local office and then kind of grow from them. I'm like, no, I, I, I would never run for office because, one, it's just dirty and you really don't care for it. Uh, but, but, two, it's just like, you know, I would spend my entire life dissecting all the crap that I did. That Just all the, all the stupid stuff that I did. <laughs> and that's it. I just... You know, on this date, did you really rip the screens out of the apartment building and slide down the hill? Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, I did that. Yes. Did you take toilet paper and smear it all over your buddy's house and then wrap his car up with saran wrap? Yeah, that was me. I, I did that. <laughs> you know, uh, I would have to spend my entire life, you know, exposing all the, the bones in the closet. But, yeah, this is going to be an incredible story if and when it ever comes out. And I think now... The more the NFL doesn't do something, doesn't it make the NFL look bad? Yeah, I don't know how they look good. Um, And part of this to me is just Snyder trying to grasp at straws and say he has things uh, just in order to save face or whatever. But, yeah, if they don't do anything, then you it makes you think the information he has is quite damning, which I don't doubt that it is. My thought is maybe we kill Bert, uh, not kill. Uh, that's the wrong word. Maybe we get two bad owners out at the same time, you know? Maybe we get Dan Snyder out. He throws some information out there. Jerry Jones follows him, and then the world's well, a better Jerry place. Jones, Jerry Jones, happy birthday to Jerry Jones. He turns, what, 80 today? Yeah, it's all happening on Jerry Jones's birthday. Yeah, which he turns 80 today. I'm funny. So uh, I think Jerry Jones is going to get to the point where he just doesn't care. And he'll get out of the operational aspect of the Dallas Cowboys anyway. His time is coming to an end. Whether, you know, and I don't wish ill will on him by any stretch, but whether it's he just gets too old to do it anymore or he dies. You know, he's 80 years old. Um, So we'll see. But I, I just think Jerry's going to get to the point and go, you know what, the hell with it. I don't care. You know, what I did when I was in my 50s, okay, if i got to leave in shame, I've owned the Dallas Cowboys, built this empire, I'll turn it over to my son. Okay, Steve, go ahead and run this thing. All right. No harm, no foul. He's still got money. Not going anywhere. But everybody else, I mean, when you guys were talking before about what do you think the dirtiest NFL franchises are, um, I think we have to look at the Raiders and what's gone on. Although Al Davis... When Al Davis was alive, Al Davis was a football man. I'm not going to say he was an upstanding owner, but he was take no prisoners. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to fight you at every turn because I'm going to fight for what's right and what's right for me. So I don't know if he was dirty or just obstinate. I think his son's a creep, but I don't know if that franchise is dirty or they just live life the way... They are portrayed, and that is just take no prisoners. We're badasses. We don't care. We are who we are. You know, this what you see is what you get. So I don't know if they're dirty. I would say Jerry Jones has got a bunch of creepy stuff in the in the in the closet. Uh, Stephen Ross, we would assume, has a bunch of creepy stuff in the closet. Jimmy Haslam, bunch of creepy stuff in the closet. Daniel Snyder, he's got a whole storage warehouse facility with creepy stuff in the closets. Um, 
But the rest, I don't know. Stan Kroenke? I mean, Stan Kroenke's on the hook for, uh, what is it, $721 million that they now have to pay to the city of St. Louis for the moving of the franchise out to L.A.? And that vote is coming up as to whether or not the NFL is going to help bail him out of that because he forced his way out of St. Louis. So that's coming up. I mean, you know, I would assume if I had to say, is Stan Kroenke the most upstanding? I'm sure there was some arm twisting and some some backroom deals made to get them to go from St. Louis to L.A. and to get that kind of a stadium built. So, yeah, I'm going to – I would probably nod to the dirty side. Um, The Packers – you know, I mean, people are asking the Packers. I don't think the Packers are dirty. I think the Packers are wrap your arms around everything and micromanage every detail to your benefit. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that's dirty. I'm just saying it's just difficult to work with at times. Because, you know, like we said, we call the place Red China. I mean, the, the information that comes out. Although Mike Clemens has said it time and again, when you look at Tom Brady, who does a two-minute interview, because he has to, and Aaron Aaron Rodgers, who yesterday did almost 20 minutes. I mean, the accessibility, you may not get a lot at times, but at least there's somewhat accessibility there. But you look at guys like Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, uh, you're supposed to have every player available. And it's it's you, you don't get that nearly as much. You know, they kind of do the Marshawn Lynch thing that, you know, We'll open the locker room and bring guys in with a minute remaining to say we did it, but, you know, we're kind of not doing it. But I don't think they're dirty. Who else would you consider to be dirty, you know? I don't know if I'd consider somebody said Ziggy Wolf. No, I don't. I, I, I've never heard a bad word about Ziggy Wolf or that family. Not one. Who else would you think would be dirty? I mean, the Bears for ruining my guy Justin. <laughs> right? Um, the Bears, I... That's a great question because the Bears live in a dirty city. That 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 whole there's no way you spend six hundred and seventy five million dollars on that craptastic stadium for the renovation when the Packers got what they got for two hundred and seventy five million. You just it just it's unfathomable. You just you can't do it. It's such a dump. And the problem with the Parks Department. And, I mean, you know, half half of the police department, fire department, city officials, when they retire, they retire to Lake Geneva. You see and hear all these guys and girls down in Lake Geneva. So when you go down, I'm seeing friends or whatever, and they're all gathering, and you listen to the stories. It's like, good God. If you, now, I'm sure it's, you know, embellishing stories from the good old days. But, holy crap, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, how long have they had construction on the Beltway? You know, it, it, forever. I moved here in 1999, and they were the whole bottom of that 80, 90 corridor was under construction then. It's still the same. Where's the money going? So anyway, uh, I would say maybe the Bears. But I, I, but I can't believe the McCaskey family. Maybe the McCaskey son would be, but I can't believe the McCaskey family would be that deep into the ugliness of uh, the Chicago politics, so to speak. But, yeah, it's just very interesting stuff, and I can't wait for all the details to come out. We'll talk more about it as uh, as the day goes on, no doubt. We've got uh, today, we're going to hear, because we didn't get a chance yesterday when we got off the air uh, to hear Aaron Rodgers. We're going to hear uh, some of Aaron Rodgers today. 
Uh, also, Paul Charchian is going to be here. We're going to talk with Paul coming up a little bit later on in the program, do our fantasy. So if you got fantasy questions today, get them in, bring them on, because we're going to get into all that stuff coming up here a little bit, uh, a little bit later on. Uh, also, uh, we've got, uh, speaking of scandals, we got an update on the fishing scandal. So that's coming up. Uh, plus, we got Pete Doherty uh, in about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, or 40 minutes from now. Uh, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, going to be joining us. And also, uh, Ben and I are going to make our picks and give us give you the tally uh, of our picks against the spread. Picking with the spread. So we got that coming up here in just a little while as well. It is uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful day when you talk about the load of information we have today. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Had a fantastic time last night at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, don't know where we're at yet for next week, but uh, as soon as I find out, we'll let you know for sure. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Then uh, we went to commercial break, and I had said, uh, I don't know where the huddles are going to be upcoming. Next week, I just got it. Joe Mamas, County Line Q, out there in Colgate, which, by the way, Colgate, Wisconsin, the home of Wabam, W-A-B-A-M. But uh, next week, 6 to 8, we're going to be at Joe Mamas. Then Kelly's Bleachers down in Big Bend. Uh, After that, we're going to be back at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill on the uh, 2nd of November. Sunset Grill, we're going to be in Pewaukee. I'm looking forward to that. And then the Brat Stop, the historic Brat Stop. We're going to be in Kenosha on uh, Wednesday night, uh, November 15th. So that's the way it runs. So we got Joe Mamas, Kelly's Bleachers, Mecca, Sunset Grill, and Brat Stop upcoming. So there you have it. Bill, we have to get boots on the ground in those places, see if they're Packers owners and see if they're being investigated right. by Dan Snyder's yeah. PIs. Yeah, I, it's funny because uh, I had somebody in a tree outside the studio a little while ago with binoculars, and uh, uh, they really didn't get any dirt on me other than the fact that I mooned them. So that was it. Other than that, just my other than you, you don't get a chance to see like the studio. Now I'm 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 waiting. God, I'm waiting for the last few pieces to come in so we can redo this thing. But um, and, and it's all going to be different. It's going to look different. But uh, but on the floor around me, I am the worst bookkeeper in the history of bookkeeping. I really am. It is an absolute paper trail mess down around my feet. I mean, I'm stepping on stuff, binoculars, radios, um, read sheets, uh, draft, old draft books, you know, old equipment that I, I don't really even use anymore, but I hang on to just kind of because I'm kind of a hoarder. Uh, like the whole base of the new mail sign is just covered in crap, just stuff everywhere, w- wires. And so that's the only thing you can get on me is the fact that if they ever walked in here and said, hey, we're going to go through your records, I'd say have at it. And they would just look at it and go, you know what, we, we give up. Just go do your thing. I'd say, okay, thank you very much because it's a mess. Other than that, I'm good. So um, <laughs> I love the people that say, yeah, me too. Ben, because the rest of my house now, and Ben, you've been in my house. The rest of my house, I'm a neat freak. I, I'm, I'm anal about cleaning um, everything from my bedroom all the way down to the bar. Um, I, I mean, I see stuff as I just walk through the house. I walk through my yard and just, like, if there's a weed, I pull it. 
If there's, you know, dirt on the floor or a cobweb somewhere, I go get the vacuum. I'm vacuum. I'm just anal about cleanliness in the house. But where I work, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nasty. So there you go. Um, 877-867-1670. Do you want to see the NFL exposed? We all love a good drama. There's no doubt about that. We all love behind the scenes. No doubt about that. And the fact that you take our curiosity for what goes on behind the scenes and couple that with our fandomonium for the NFL, does this not make for, say, the biggest story if indeed it all comes to fruition? We are fascinated by the NFL on so many levels, everything from monetary and gambling to fandom, passion, marketing, merchandising, season tickets, ownership for many in this area, all of that. We willingly give our money in many different aspects to the NFL. We have a fascination with it. We can't get enough of it. That's the reason the NFL is king, beyond kings. Um, I've always said, and I was, it was, uh, we were talking about this last night with the, uh, the manager down at the Mecca. He was talking about the Packers and how they, the Mecca, their crowds can be as big, if not bigger, on a Sunday for a Packers game as it was during the, uh, during the playoff run for the Bucs. And I said, look, I've always said game seven of an NBA Finals, game seven of a World Series, Badgers playing for a national title, or Aaron Rodgers having a public hemorrhoid surgery, the, the Packers win. We will want close-ups of the rear end. We will want to know if Hiawaska had something to do with this. We will want to see what the steady hand of the surgeon looks like. We will all want a piece, a commemorative piece of the actual hemorrhoid removed. Uh, we're just, I was we're wet crazy. last night. There you go. We're crazy about this stuff. So it's, it's we are an NFL state. So that being said, do you want to see all of this? like an ugly, ugly, ugly dam opening up with muddy water flowing out of it. Do you want to see all the dirt on the NFL? I'm fascinated. I've seen things behind the scenes doing what we do for years. You know, I mean, since 1992 when I got in this business, you've seen seen things and you go, whoa, wait a minute. You know, but I've always said, if it doesn't affect play on the field and it doesn't affect the well-being of the franchise or the players – I'm okay. I, I don't need to report stuff like that. But, Ben, are you fascinated by this story, or does this go give you pause for concern because this this could be the blow-up of the NFL as we know it? I'm fascinated. I, I feel maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think it's such a powerful business and one that the money is telling you it really won't go away. My optimistic thought is if all of this comes out – and you get the really bad apples out, uh, ones that had made their mark years ago and obviously done many questionable things. My optimistic thought is the NFL will still continue on just with better people in important positions. Hmm. It's kind of like, and, and I love Daniel Snyder saying, the, the NFL is the mafia, where they're all in the same business, but they all kind of hate each other. I don't think they hate each other. I think there's a genuine like there among many owners. I think some of them look at other owners as either more powerful or there could be a jealousy factor. There could be a, you know, I see this guy doing things that, you know, I think suck, a morality factor, all that kind of stuff. But I, 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 
It's kind of like when you start looking behind the door of all the mafiosos and all the leaders, and you find out everything that's gone on. You know, when people started talking about what John Gotti was actually like, we couldn't get enough of it. We couldn't get enough of it. We'd love to know, you know, how the owners view our franchise. You know, does Mark Davis like Mark Murphy? You know, do they think that, you know, Green Bay, you know, are they jealous of Green Bay being the smallest media market in all of professional sports, but yet having the power that they do, the fan base that they do, not only in the United States, but we found out worldwide? Do they, is it a jealous thing? Or is there something there that they could tangibly grab onto? I'd love to know all of that. You know, how do some of these owners feel? How does, how does the Rooney family feel about the Packers? We know how George Hallis felt about the Packers. We know how Papa Bear said, hey, look, Packers got to stay viable. Here's hundred grand. Go make that team something. Keep them in because we need the rivalry. We need this interest in the NFL being the smallest market in all of sport. Make, make it work. Papa Bear knew. He knew. He loved the Packers. Hated them and loved them all at the same time. So is, is that kind of where they, what they feel? Or are we sitting here talking about, you know, hey, they just think that, you know, Mark's crazy for building a sledding hill. You know, is that what we're going to talk about? You know, so I, I'm I'm all for it. Whatever we can find, I, I'm I'm all for every piece of information at this point. Bring it on. Where else Let's does discuss. Bob Kraft go to? You know, right? Get little places across the country. That's the other thing. Bob Kraft. That's the next guy. What is Bob? Do? What what would Bob do? You know, WWBD. What would Bob do? Where does Brady all, fall in all this? Because he has to well, have a role. He's practically right. an owner. Right. You know, he's and and then the whole Sean Payton and Stephen Ross thing and then getting getting sued and the Tom Brady thing and uh, yeah. I mean all of that. I want it all to come out. Do you think yeah. even uh, given how damning it will likely be, the NFL will still continue on? Oh god, yeah. They've trudged through more. God, yeah, the NFL will will stand tall. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I just, I want to see it come out. I want to see all of it, man. I'm now, like, in the midst of, of informational salivation. I, I'm, I've got the appetite for it. I want more. I'm like, don't tease me with this. Because that's what this story did. The story was, it has to be, there has to be more. You can't just leave it there. You can't just say, he's got all this stuff, and if the owners vote... He's going to unleash the fury because the owners, what is it, uh, next week, I think, the owners go to the owners' meeting, the annual owners' meetings, and the owners all get together, and this could be the vote as to whether or not 24 owners vote to say Daniel Snyder has to sell the team. He's brought shame upon the NFL. And then if they do, as the article indicated, where Jerry Jones, who was one of the biggest protectors of Daniel Snyder, at least the perceived biggest protector of Daniel Snyder, if Jerry says, God, that guy's never going to brisket at my house again. I vote down. And then he gives him the big thumb, and everybody looks at Jerry and goes, well, if Jerry's going to do it, we might as well do it. You know, so then, then everybody votes, and then they tell Daniel Snyder he's got to sell the team. Daniel Snyder, you know, then he's going he's gonna to fight tooth and nail. The lawsuit's going to start, and depositions are going to start, and he's going to start bringing out all the dirt. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I would just get, just buy me a recliner. That's what I need. Something that I can at least move forward, maybe electronically move forward so I can get up to go to the bathroom. But otherwise, it's just popcorn, beer, 
let me lay back, watch it, enjoy it every now and then, have a pizza delivered to the house just so my sustenance is at least, you know, diverse, and we'll go from there. Televise I, oh, I it. can't wait. Give us a Manning cast. Yes. Hit every oh, yeah. angle. Oh, yeah. We Chris Berman. everything from that lame-ass beard that Daniel Snyder has uh, that they showed. They keep showing the, uh, the, uh, the photo clips when he was announcing that they are becoming the Washington Commanders, standing there next to Joe Theismann. You know, when he's standing there with that beard and all, you know, just kind of like, is that real? Or did he just stick some Brillo pads to his face? I can't really tell. He kind of painted them. He might have been that guy in that Ronco ad where he's just spraying his face with stuff. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's much-watched television. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Um, this, uh, uh, to, oh, what is it? Uh, today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. Tomorrow night, heading downtown. First time uh, Kristen and I have not been treated. Now, she's actually traveling, but I'm not. Uh, and it's been a long summer. Next week, I'm going to be off a little bit uh, but um, and traveling just for a couple of days. But it's been a long summer. So we have not had, like, Fridays and Saturdays at home on a regular basis. So tomorrow night, uh, we both looked at each other and said, uh, almost at the same time, Geno's heading down to Calderon Club tomorrow night. Going to go down, just relax. Relax. Get, uh, get to, I, I've been missing the chicken marsala and the penne pasta. Put it together. It's the Bill Michaels. Just put that dish together. That uh, eggplant. Oh, my goodness. Going to do that tomorrow night. And then go next door, say hi to Robin. Maybe uh, she wants to bring a pizza home, have a couple pizzas made for the kids. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff coming up tomorrow night. San Giorgio, Calderon Club, Old World 3rd Street, right across from the Hyatt. Downtown Milwaukee, the best Italian food you're ever going to stick in your grill. Oh, so good. They pair that up with Cider Boys, too, from um, from Point Brewing. So uh, when you go in there, you're either doing Peronis or something like that, or then you get Cider Boys, and then adds a little bit of that flavor. So you get Cider Boys down there. And uh, so thanks, uh, thanks a lot to them for being a part of the program as well. So a lot of people, uh, this is from Joan. Joan says, uh, don't mess with my NFL. I don't want to look badly upon it. Uh, this one is uh, from Thomas who says, no, I don't want to spoil my opinion of the game that I love to watch. So Thomas uh, a little worried about, you know, obviously his uh, his thoughts on the game. Uh, Jeremy says, how do the other NFL owners view Mark Murphy? And that's a great question. I don't know. Mark, to me, anyway. Mark, to me, has always had a lot of respect. Um, I think the owners, I can go through and talk about certain owners that I, I've known that were discussed. Uh, Jerry Jones has a lot of bravado. Uh, owners or GMs or people in the NFL, specifically when you're at Super Bowl, you get a chance to see all these people and you talk. You know, you li- The one thing you do, as you just listen, you'll get into a discussion, but you listen, listen to what people say, you know, absorb information like a sponge and, you know, oh, that's Jerry. <laughs> you know, they all, everything's grandiose when it comes to Jerry. 
You know, they don't say negative. They don't say positive. I think they all respect him as a businessman. But, you know, it's kind of what you don't hear. Like, oh, that's Jerry being Jerry, you know. Like, okay, Jerry's an over-the-top guy. Uh, Mike Brown, cheap as cheap gets. Owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jimmy Haslam, they don't wish a lot of wonderful things to happen to the Cleveland Browns organization. Let's put it that way. Uh, But when it comes to Mark Murphy, there's... I, the word I could use would be respect. I, I, I've, I had a. It's God. When was it? Was it this past year? No, it wasn't this past year. It was the year before, I think. And um, when we were at Super Bowl, we got into this discussion about the Packers and about how Bob Harlan just revitalized the franchise, and and uh, you know how Bob, you know, sometimes you got to be really, really good and knowledgeable, and other times you just got to be lucky. Uh, and being good, being informative, being uh, making the right choices, and then getting lucky along the way help you. And the respect for Bob Harlan was immense. And then the respect for Mark Murphy because of not only what Bob started, but the extension of Bob's vision for Lambeau, Titletown, the area, the growth of the franchise, the stability of the franchise, all of that. Uh, what Bob started, Mark has has grown exponentially over the years. I mean, just in, in enormous fashion. And while I will admit this, the franchise itself has lost its direct connection with the fans. I I appreciate the fan tours and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes to business, you know, it's and granted, it's grown and it's it's massive, but it's it's difficult to to be a giant corporate entity and still be with the common person, you know? And it's lost a little bit of that. But it is a Taj Mahal of business. And I think the word I could use regarding Mark Murphy is that they respect him. And I think really in the long run, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, I think that's all you can ask for. People don't have to like you, but if they respect you, and even if they talk negatively about you in a jealous light, then they respect you. You know, so I, I give Mark Murphy credit for that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy one. Hit us up. Do it. Um, fantasy football helps the game uh, uh, active for casual fans or non-football athletes as well. One hundred percent agree. Fantasy football is what drove the NFL past Major League Baseball, hands down. It was the football. Remember the old days of football cards. Ben, did you ever have football cards on the weekends? Baseball cards, not football. No, no, no. No, no. Football cards. No. Betting cards. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. Okay. So I used to get the football cards every Friday. And this goes back to when I was in high school. You know, there was there was guys on the street, like bookies, if you will. Uh, not to that, you know, bookie-esque sense, but there were guys that ran pools. You know, 20, 30, 40 guys. And you pick 10 games. You pick 10 winners. You know, and if you picked all 10 correctly, you got the payout. If you picked 9 out of 10, you got a certain amount, and 8 out of 10 got a certain amount. After that, you know, there was no payout. But I remember sitting down and circling and filling out the cards against the spread. I, all that, oh, yeah, the kind of betting slips. And then you turn them in. Yep. Oh, yeah, the betting cards. The, betting is what drove football. Because it was a once-a-week thing. We could analyze it. And then with the boom of the Internet, 
and suddenly we had statistics at our fingertips and we could look and read and get stuff not just from our own backyard via the newspaper, but we could go online and look at the Miami Herald. We could look at the Houston Chronicle. We could look at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We could look at all the different papers and read up about all the different entities, and suddenly we started getting more and more and more and deeper and deeper into statistics and what other teams were doing and uh, all of the injury reports and such. And so we knew suddenly it got to be a business. And people started putting together betting sites. And then next thing you know, it just grew. And then for what they basically pontificated against for so many years, in the last few years specifically, they've embraced with the boom of DraftKings and such. You know, so they, they've embraced that that culture. So absolutely betting betting is what took football up and over baseball. Baseball was a difficult sport to bet on on a daily until it became an organized you know, DraftKings, BetUSA, you know, um, Action Network type of thing. And then it's right there for you. It's right at your fingertips. Because baseball was difficult. You could bet on games who was going to win and who was going to lose, but you weren't betting specific players and, you know, with all the in-depth statistics you have today. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, Rick says, I bought the gold sheet for betting tips. Absolutely. I remember doing that, too. Lived out east and had a local bookie every weekend. Ricky, I get it, man. I did, too. And you know the funny thing? Um, the guy that I went to was the postman. Yeah. They had, an, they had like an office thing in the post office. And so the postman, as he would go door to door delivering mail, he was the guy. He, he was your bookie, man. He showed up. And God, his name was Bill, too. My mom just used to know him as Bill. I can't remember what, what his last name was, but uh, he was the postman. Postman Bill. Postman Bill would show up, and it was 10 bucks. He would give us the betting slip. Uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. We're, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Going to come back. People going, what, really? It was your postman? Yeah, it was my postman. He was, he was a sports fan. He was like a neighborhood guy. He was a coach, little league coach and everything. Really good dude, but, you know, they started it. It was just like an inner office pool, and then he was talking about it, and then my dad got in on it, Mr. Carvalano got in on it, Mr. Ventry got in on it. I started doing it because I was the sports nut in the group. So, and then, you know, Mr. Bagby up the street, Mr. Mitchell up the street, they were all doing it. Sam Dawson's mom was in on it. Uh, God, Miss, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Owens. I, I can go through my whole neighborhood. We all had the betting slips, and these, this is just my neighborhood for where he came. Oh, God, yeah. You know, Tony West's dad never did. Tony West was a geek. Uh, Mr. Wimpy, he was another one. Yeah, we all did it. I love those betting slips, man. When those things show up on Friday, I couldn't wait, you know, fill them out. And then he'd always say, get them back in the mailbox on Saturday. And you'd put your $10 in an envelope, and you'd just write Bill on it, and there you go. And then next week, he'd show up, and if you took 10 out of 10, you know, couldn't wait for the money. you get a little cash in your, in your mailbox. And we had one of those mailboxes that, not like today where they, uh, you know, everything's out in front of your house. This was on actually in the front of my house where you came and lifted up the mail slot and it slid through the wall down into a chute and then came down inside the house. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers held practice indoors during heavy rainstorms, getting ready to host the New York Jets on Sunday. Jordan Love ran the offense. That's because Aaron Rodgers missed practice. After injuring his right thumb when he was sacked on that Hail Mary attempt Sunday against the Giants in London. Yeah, thumbs all right. Uh, it was nice to get a day off today, do a little rehab. Um, but, you know, I'll... Uh, Try to get back out there to practice tomorrow and see how it feels and be fine by Sunday, I'm sure. The Jets have improved to 3-2 and two after beating the Miami Dolphins thanks to rookie running back Brees Hall, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Oh, that guy is, he's a monster. Uh, he can do it in the run game and in the pass game. You guys probably saw he had that 79-yarder. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. I know just interviewing him at the Combine, he's an impressive guy. He definitely has a lot of confidence, and rightfully so. You know, he's just, he's a problem. Brees Hall had a combined 197 yards total offense in the Jets' 40-17 win over the Dolphins. That's a new franchise record for a rookie in a single game. It's been a long time since the Jets had a winning record heading into week six. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's Alice's whole mission, just to change the culture around here. It would be cool to celebrate, but we need to make this normal, like winning games around here. We want to make that normal. We want to make that the standard, and um, we're definitely trending that way. You prefer making guys miss or running guys over? I prefer winning football games. That's the Jets' rookie running back, Brees Hall. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. How we looking? Top of the hour coming up. If you are looking for a place, say for a wedding, a beautiful old stoic building, if you're looking for a place to host an event, if you're looking for events that are going on there, if you are part of the Irish community uh, in Milwaukee or throughout the state for that matter, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center is a fantastic place. It's beautiful right there on, I talked about it yesterday on Wisconsin Avenue. Uh, I think we're going to do something with them uh, come Christmas time as well. But get a hold of my buddy Corey over there because uh, they're taking, they have openings. And uh, it's just such a neat place. Such a neat old, old, old stoic and historic place. And uh, it's right there, like I said, on Wisconsin Avenue. Get a hold of Corey, 414-688-7924, 414-688. 7924, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. And you don't have to be Irish to do that, by the way. I mean, uh, us Italian and us Irish, my my mother's side of the family was Irish. I'm Italian. My dad was German. You know, so we all drank together. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Uh, but get a hold of Corey over there at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Great people and a really, really cool place. And it's a not-for-profit um, but uh, they just uh, they want to be a part of a bigger part of the community and just good people right there on Wisconsin Avenue. Um, this is from Rick says, I, I tried to bet with the uh, NFL sites got turned down because of Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin's not allowed. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Some of those sites you can't use in the state of Wisconsin yet. That I understand. Yes, very much. Um, Daniel says, why would you say Roger Goodell is dirty? Um, because the article does. 
I never said that. I said coming out of I, do you not listen, Daniel? Um the um the article that's on ESPN, the blowing it off of the the roof, I guess, so to speak, um basically says that Daniel Snyder's been gathering information for a long time on many different owners and Roger Goodell and says that if indeed he is forced to sell the team, that he will blow the lid off the NFL and tell uh, the whole world about who is dirty. There you have it. Good, good stuff. Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up, and then an hour away, we're from uh, Paul Charchian. Our fantasy football questions. Start getting those fantasy questions in now. Got to get those in. Got a lot going on. I, I got a couple. I'm hanging on. Hanging on through five weeks of the season. My first real attempt at the guillotine league, and I was not the first one, second, third, fourth, or fifth one out. I'm not scoring a lot of points, but I'm hanging in there like a booger from a big nose. I'm just hanging, baby. Stay tuned. Pete Doherty, next on the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.